Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Sometimes this stuff just writes itself. Welcome to the program with Jimmy Himes here momentarily and Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker and news, news, news in college football pretty much all the time. We're also going to have Eli Drinkwitz making his presence known at a basketball game. Alabama is now seemingly hiring low-level offensive assistants to run its offense. We'll discuss that a little bit later in Four Downs, brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Uh, also, uh, Tennessee uh, beats uh, Missouri, a little bit sluggish. We'll discuss. I think the Dalton Connect uh, factor was in there big time. But uh, also, uh, Tennessee did not promote from within, from for either of their staff hires, they have made those hires. I want to discuss them with Jimmy Hyams and also get his thoughts on why they didn't hire from within, because that's what they have done to this point. And I wrote a column online, should Josh Heupel take a pay cut? Because that announcement is coming in a matter of days. Caleb, how are you, sir? I am good. I'm still hurt, guys. Dave let it slip uh, right before the show that he doesn't like Usher. So, And to, I'm, clarify, I'm... to clarify, I misspoke. 
the pay cut isn't coming in days, but you will have a restructuring of the contracts in a matter of days. That usually happens after the season. So now if the staff is complete, at least we think it is, we should have an announcement. I didn't say Josh Heupel is going to be taking a, a pay cut. Jimmy, that would have been big news right there if a coach coming off an eight-win season is going to take a pay cut. Yeah, uh, something that will not freeze over in July would be what? <laughs> Hades. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that's not going to happen. But uh, good try in promoting it, Dave. Oh, oh yeah. Your column. Yeah. yeah. Just, just yeah. A, a fake <laughs> exclamation of news coming up, which is uh, what I did. Before we get to that, and that is today's, that, that is today's tough question, and I know it's not going to happen, but I'll ask you the poll question that is right now on our YouTube page after, can you explain Caleb what Eli Drinkwitz did to Zakai Ziegler last night and Zakai's response? Well, reportedly, according Tom to Hart's an, an SEC network. I trust Tom Hart, don't you, Jimmy? Yes. Yeah, according to Tom Hart, during a huddle, during yesterday's basketball game, Eli Drinkwitz shouted at the Tennessee huddle, you ain't that tough. And while, while, sitting courtside and you know messing with the mascot this obviously is the same guy that said you know had that we stand on business josh line saved when he shook josh heupel's hand still don't understand what that year. means jimmy still don't still don't um, understand young kids are saying it a lot of the young kids say it now it's a common okay, phrase jimmy, so we're not allowed to say it jimmy i stand on something besides business i guess get off my lawn go ahead <laughs> okay so who's the biggest scuber uh who do you think wins this in the sec i'm not going to ask you to name them because you have to deal with them at times at SEC spring meetings and media days. Shane Beamer, Kalen DeBoer, Eli Drinkwitz, Lane Kiffin is on our poll question. Who do you think's winning, Jimmy? Kiffin? It's not even close. Eli Drinkwitz is running away with oh, okay. 70% of the vote. Maybe it's recency bias. Yeah, that there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be a factor. Portions of the program brought to you by our good friends at uh, – City Heat and Air Conditioning. 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust a fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you that you need a new unit when it could be something that costs you thousands less. How about that? Cityheatandair.com. Let's get to today's tough question. My assertion that Josh Heupel should take a pay cut and why everybody's going to call me crazy on this show. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Okay, Jimmy, so let's – I'm going to try to convince you of this, which I know is probably not going to happen. But here I go. Josh Heupel, would you say, is already well-paid considering what he has accomplished? Well-paid, not overly paid or grossly underpaid, just well-paid. Yes. Okay. Would you say that he is in charge of Tennessee's offense from the top of the cap to the tips of the shoes? Yes. Okay. I hesitate because I think he gets input, but he's the final guy. He's the play caller. He runs the offense. So ultimately, that and he's the head coach, the buck stops with him. Mm -hmm. Now, Tennessee had to go hire two coaches to replace coaches that left, and they're might be an upgrade in pay there. We don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that. My contention now is with a Josh Heupel coming off an eight-win season, I thought that was about as disappointing as it could be. I'm not ripping Josh Heupel. I think Josh Heupel is going to be a fantastic coach and win a championship. 
at Tennessee. But what a good look it would be if he said, you know, everybody gets raises on this staff. That Garner guy deserves one. That Banks guy deserves one. I'm just going to take a little bit of a cut, helps him in PR, and he can divvy that out to coaches. Or nowadays, you could just divvy that out to a player and make Tennessee's recruiting classes that much better. So no, he can't he can't divvy it out to a player. Sneakily? Could he could that money that's and, and the NCAA is breathing right down your throat? Okay. Let's and, take out that so, last part. Yeah, let's do. Okay. For the PR uh argument and then He's again, donate to Spire Sports, huh? Okay. Yes. Ahead. Well he could do that, could he? Or could he? I guess he could. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well they were putting that back in. He's, right. donating, he's donating it to Spire Sports. Okay. How much, not that he needs equity, but how much would that buy? That would be pretty huge. I think there would be a lot of people interested in that. I think he would win over some people by saying, boy, what an unselfish act. But I don't think you can just focus on Josh Heupel. What about Mark Stoops? Uh, How come Jimbo Fisher didn't take a pay cut? Look at all the money he was making. So when you, I I can't just focus on one guy to do that. And besides Tennessee's budget is what, $200 million? Heifel doesn't need to donate any money for Tennessee to pay his coaches more. And they should not lose out on a coach, an assistant coach, because of money. Unless it's ridiculous money, like $2.5 million for a position coach. Well, that's very good said. Portions of the program brought to you by Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Caleb? Who's crazier, me or Jimmy? I think it's me. I don't think you're that crazy. I think <laughs> really? I, I, I don't think this is a bad idea at all, but in a different way. Jimmy, yes, you're right. Josh Eiffel can't just give that money to his players. But as we all know, money is, for the athletic department is based on what the university spends, but also what the boosters donate. So any more money, you know, a coach's pay that's more money boosters have to donate to the program to pay to coaches. So if Hypo takes a pay cut, the boosters don't have to donate as much money. They can take that money and spend more on NIL. And this is where I'm at. And this is why I've said, not just Josh Hypo. Over the next 10 years, you're going to be entering what I would call the money ball era of hiring coaches in college football, where people are going to try to identify even at big programs, coaches who are a lot more affordable on the open market so they can save that money that the boosters would have to pay for the universe, donate to the university to spend on the money. And those boosters could then take that money and use it on NIL collectives. And that's where I think Heupel should do it. Jim. Well, I'm, I'm not on the same page. So, so here's the thing too, the money ball part of that. So I don't know if Nick Saban would have checked those boxes for you, but look at the amount of money he made for Alabama. Look at the amount of money made for the athletic department. Look at the donations. Look at the number of students that flocked into Alabama because they had football success. Look at the incredible enrollment the University of Tennessee has had because of the recent football success. And, and here's the other thing, too. When you say take a pay cut, so let's identify that. Are we talking about 50000 Are we talking about $2 million? How much are we talking about when you say pay cut? That has to be identified. The other part is, I'll mention again, you got a budget of $200 million. So you still got plenty of money to pay any coaches, whatever you want. So that shouldn't be an issue. Now, I do know there's some boosters 
that refuse to donate to NIL. They'll donate to the school. But there are plenty of boosters that are donating a lot to Spire Sports, right? Hadn't Spire Sports bragged about how they are as lucrative as pretty much any collective in the country? Correct. Make them more they're lucrative. Doing, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Yeah. So, so I would be, uh, I would be more inclined uh, to, I would pay the money to get the great coach because I think the great coaches pay off in terms of revenue, attendance, the the whole gamut of your your athletic department and university. And let me ask you this question, kind of off in the left field, but you're used to that. Could you see one day? Uh, Tennessee's offensive line, uh, coached by Glenn Eller- Ellerby, a proud sponsor of Pinnacle Bank. Could you see naming rights leaking into that of players or coaches as there's going to be so much money that's going to flow in there? I wonder if there could be a deal. Nico's touchdown pass in the third quarter brought to you by Champions. I hesitate to say no because I've seen I know. a whole bunch of things that have happened that I did not think I would ever see happen. So I'm going to lean toward no, but I'm not going to close the door on it. Um, and, and, well, I know this is a little bit different, but it's hardly Thompson Bowling Arena anymore, right? It's not. In it's fact, practically not. In I fact, the, the announcers and the people are told you can say – Thompson Bowling Arena on first reference, and then everything after that has to be Food City Center. You cannot say Thompson Bowling Arena again. That's what they've been told. Wow. Now, that doesn't mean they have to do it if you're Tom Hart, but it does mean it if you're Bob Kessling. Yeah, it certainly does. Well, I mean, Jimmy, they've they've made that thing, the Food City Department, so fast. I, I got... Uh... I got lost in the produce department just looking for a Diet Coke. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know that the Thompson Bowling family is not real happy about that changing names or getting rebranded or whatever the case may be. I kind of thought they might talk publicly more of that. Are you at all surprised they haven't? They did reach out to me at one point. Reached out to you. Just that they weren't happy about the changes. And then as a follow-up email, nothing became of it. I'm I'm okay. surprised, honestly, that they haven't spoken out about the fact. That, for those that don't know, Thompson Bowling was, that was supposed to be a lifelong Amy right? Well, the, the, the Thompson family is upset. And in fact, I was told that somebody in the athletic department was supposed to call them and tell them what they were doing and didn't make the call. Oh, oops. Oops is correct. Okay, so... Now, a call was made to the bowling family, but I've talked to him. In fact, I played tennis with the former president's son. And he said they were not offended at all. He said the only reason my dad's name was up there is because he was a president and B. Ray Thompson liked him. So they weren't offended, but the Thompson family was offended in part because they weren't even notified. Okay. Sorry, Caleb. No. So I, yeah, it's fine. I just wanted to get back to this real quick. Cause I want to push back on something you said where like Nick Saban brought in all this money. I get that, Jimmy. But it's that's like, okay, in baseball, where there's no salary cap, if Mike Trout's on the open market, yeah, you, you, you go ahead and pay him the money. But if you're the A's or even the Red Sox back in the early 2000s, you still, if you can't get, if you don't have that one player or that one coach, and we can't sit here and say that Josh Heupel's Nick Saban, I think you moneyball it still. I think you moneyball Josh Heupel. And I, I think that money can go back to getting other players. And by the way, the Angels are paying for not moneyballing Mike Trout because he's never going to get a ring there. I, I I can't compare pro sports to college, although they're getting closer, aren't they? 
They're even harder to identify, mm-hmm. but they run they run differently. In baseball, you have collective bargaining, right? NBA, NFL, it's all collective bargaining. It's a different animal than what you have, but I, I wouldn't run the risk of saying, you know what, I'm going to take this coach because I can get him for $3 million less than this other guy. I don't know if he's any good, so I, I don't – I'm going to hire the guy for lesser money and pass on a guy that I think is a proven coach. I think we've seen enough failures in hiring college football coaches that hiring somebody like, oh, let's just pick somebody. Butch Jones is not a good idea. No, that's that's very true. And I do think – Who that would Josh have won the SEC Goober poll if he were still in the SEC? Uh, <laughs> he would have. Oh, well, that's a title. He would have. He would have made a banner – out of that with all the other <laughs> silly banners that he I just had. posted on our message board. I'm completely <laughs> blown away that Lane Kiffin's getting not just beaten, but blown away. Eli Drinkwitz with 58% of the vote, biggest goober in the SEC. <laughs> Shane Beamer, second, 30%. Lane oh. Kiffin, 12%. Kalen DeBoer not getting a vote yet. I don't think we know if he's a goober yet, but boy, it, it would be hard for me to have guys that I hired walk right out the door less than 48 hours. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So uh, here we go, Jimmy. Speaking of hiring coaches, this is that time of the year. Tennessee has made a living under Josh Heupel through promotion, basically elevating coaches. They didn't do that in their latest two hires. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. So let me get philosophically started on this do you think josh heupel all things being equal jimmy which all things never are likes to hire from within likes to grow from within or it really doesn't matter he wants the best candidate i also ask you as kind of a backup because i think i know where you might go does it matter if it's offense or defense what are your thoughts just philosophically Philosophically, I think he would like to promote from within if he has a coach who he thinks is ready. If he has a coach that he believes can fit the bill and is good enough to fill that position. Uh, If he does have some quality control coaches that he's unsure about, then he goes outside the family. 
it, it, I thought the promotion of Kelsey Pope has worked very well, right? Yes. Uh, no problem with that. I do think that offensively, he. I, I'm a little torn on this one. There's a part of me that thinks he wants somebody that will understand and know his system. All right. On the other hand, I, I think, and I think Alex Golish at some point fits into this. He might want to bring in somebody who's got some different ideas. Okay. He, Heupel knows the offense. Now I need somebody like a Golish, who I think he helped him in this, that can tweak it. They can find a good matchup. They can say, hey, I know you've been doing this. What about do that? So I'm I'm not completely sold on promoting from within unless he thinks it's a guy that can get the job done. And as far as his own offense, I think he is open to bringing somebody in with some new ideas. Because, look, let's face it, it's it's ever evolving. You know, the offense has to change. You can't just run the same thing all the time. You got to you got to run some new wrinkles in there. That's why I think that the 22 offense was so darn good is they threw in a bunch of wrinkles. And I think Golish was a part of that. So, Jimmy, thinking about that with Golish, because he did the opposite in 2023, he hired Joey Halsley. And I got to be honest, yeah. I don't I don't yeah. think Joey Halsley brings any different perspective. His whole career is working under Josh Heupel. So right. if that philosophy is true. Do you think that's why he went and got uh, Darrell Sims as a running backs coach? Because he realized there wasn't enough variety on his offense this past offseason with Alec Ablin and Kelsey Pope and Joey Halsey all promoted? Here's my guess on that one, and it's purely a guess. The running back, if I'm the, if I'm the head coach, the running back coach I hire, he's a recruiter. Because I'm a whole lot better coach if I got Jalen Wright and Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson in the backfield. Or if I got Jamal Lewis, Travis Henry, Travis Stevens in the background. So I, I think that is more of a recruiter position. I don't think it's a guy that would bring – and maybe he will. Maybe he'll bring in some different ideas. But I think in this particular case – and, look, all cases are different. But in this particular case, I think it's more about getting a guy that could be a really good recruiter for you. Let, let me ask you with, with the, the two guys that, that left. Did you think that was purely on their behalf – or might there have been like happens so often in recruiting and for player retention nowadays, maybe you would be better off going that way. Do you think I thought, was, go ahead? I'm sorry. I thought with Jerry Mack, it was the opportunity to coach in the NFL. And and here and, and let's not forget, at least in my opinion, a lot of coaches are tired of having to work 365 days out of the year. Yep. We all like a vacation, don't we? Well, they don't get one basically. So I think nowadays more college coaches are interested in going to the NFL than ever because they do have some time off. So I think that probably applied to Jerry Mack. As far as, as, far as Brian John Marie, he has a really good relationship with Moore, the head coach now at Michigan. I think it was more about getting back to coaching with the guy that he'd had a longer relationship with than he did with Josh Heupel. I don't think it was about money. I don't think it was about contract. I think it was about relationship. So on that note, Jimmy, um, it, well, I think another side to this is Stu Brian Jean-Marie. Let's be honest. Coaching linebackers in Michigan system is a heck of a lot easier than coaching linebackers in Tennessee system. Just being a defensive coach in Michigan system is easier mm-hmm. altogether, quite honestly. Yeah. So all this being said, do you think on defense, because he doesn't know defense, he is more willing to go out and hire from outside? Or do you think that he just asked Tim Binks, who do you want me to hire? And Tim Binks tells him. I think it's consulting. I think he would run it by Banks and say, hey, what do you think about this? I think that Hypo could have veto power, and I think Banks could have veto power in that situation. So I think it was probably uh, consultation 
uh, between the two in regard to that. Now, I don't I don't know Heupel as well, but I, when I was really close to covering Tennessee and Johnny Majors was around, I don't know that he asked anybody. <laughs> I think he either went out and hired whoever he wanted to, and usually it was four or five a year because he lost assistant coaches uh, at, at, a, at a pretty high rate. Uh, but with Heupel, I think he probably consulted with Banks and said, okay, who's, who's a good fit? And Banks signed off on it. Jimmy does a really good Johnny Majors impression that maybe we'll get out of him before the, before the end. Uh, so do you feel like Josh Heupel, and everybody's going to say Dave's soft. This show's soft. Off the Hook Sports is soft. Jimmy's soft now. Everybody's soft. But do you think that Josh Heupel is on the front end of, you, you, you mentioned the way Majors coached, and there are a lot of coaches that was fire and brimstone. But there is a kumbaya feel that I feel like has helped Tennessee in recruiting. Do you feel like that's prevalent? That was a goal that Josh Heupel set up because their their team culture, I would give them an A plus on. Yeah, I do, uh, and I think it's a whole lot different from what Jeremy Pruitt had, uh, and I also think it's different from Butch Jones because I don't think Butch Jones uh, was honest with his players, and I think when you start lying to your players or cutting corners or not fulfilling promises, I think it catches up to you. I think he caught up to Butch Jones. I think that's one reason he lost his team. I also think when Heupel came in, and we all know Tennessee was an absolute mess, the the players didn't even want to show up for practice. They did. They certainly didn't want to show up in off hours and hang around with coaches. And so Heupel met with them and said, okay, what's the problem here? What do we need? And they told them. And so now the players are fine to come in and visit with coaches after hours. They want to come to practice. They enjoy the the different uh, techniques or the different uh, plays or the imagination that you see from the offense. They like the up-tempo. Uh, didn't they play like kickball and volleyball and they went out bowling and stuff? They did a lot of team unity things. So, Dave, to your point, I think that's exactly right. It also, in my opinion, is the way you almost have to treat players nowadays. Uh, it's It would be a lot harder for majors, in my opinion, to succeed now, and many coaches, Bob Knight, to succeed now than, uh, than the way they did when they were coaching because I just don't think you can treat players the way some coaches used to treat them. We're going to get uh, Caleb back. Jimmy, who was the coach that thought it would be a, just a fantastic idea to have like these combat training things where they would, instead of going to see a movie, they'd carry around – uh, the, the the big what do they call them even the things you float the boats the inflatables you remember that and they'd go down and they'd do all that all that work and that was their fun day do you remember that yeah but I don't know whose idea that was <laughs> uh, hey Jimmy I got an idea let's meet together we can go see a movie or we can go carry around big inflatable boats and jump in the uh, river like we're in the Green Berets. Let's go. Yeah, let's go down the Okoe and see how many uh, rocks we can dodge. See how many moves um, I can need. Yeah, and that's it, team bonding. So if you don't do your job, somebody's <laughs> going to get hurt. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know. So, <laughs> Jimmy, was it a? So you don't think it was any sort of change in philosophy for Josh Heupel to having promoted from within for three staff hires and then hiring William Ng and Darrell Sims from outside? The family, you don't think it was a change in philosophy? You think it was, it's just a case by case basis, and this just happened to be the cases where he felt it better to go outside? Yeah, I do think it's case by case because he, he's he's had situation. Well, and by the way, uh, the background of one of them, which I thought was interesting, was he coached in Buffalo, and Danny White used to be the AD in Buffalo, 
And I, when I saw that, I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. But uh, he, he also recently hired a guy that was athletic director at Buffalo, went to Auburn, now he's on Tennessee staff as, and as administrator. I, I think it probably is case by case. And uh, But I can't 100% say that because maybe there's some philosophy involved with that. Maybe it's uh, this is what we need to do offensively that we haven't been doing. This guy can help tweak some of this stuff. Maybe we got some new ideas from a new linebacker coach. It can, cause I, I didn't think the linebackers had a good year last year. Uh, I, uh, and so maybe he, he brings in somebody that says, Hey, this is a different way to do this, uh, than what you've been doing. So it, it could be a combination of the two. I don't know, but I, my answer would be, it's a case by case basis. Jimmy, great stuff as always. Uh, we certainly appreciate your time. Before you know it, it'll be uh, spring football time. Can you believe that? Uh, so the semi-retirement continues. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Caleb. Y'all have a great day. Check out his stuff on offthehooksports.com. It is fantastic. A couple of notes that I wanted to get to on the message board. This from Dylan. A team is only as strong as its weakest link when you fight for each other. That's when you start winning. No shot 2022 has that much success with no locker room chemistry. Dylan, that sounds extremely corny, but you're absolutely right. And I have not seen it, team chemistry, be this good because I covered the 98 team, but it wasn't a Monday through Friday really get embedded, Caleb. But as far as a team chemistry in the Kumbaya, I would rate this higher than NIL on what will help Tennessee moving forward in recruiting. I know you think that's crazy, right? Well, NIL, they're connected. The way they've applied their – Even out with other programs. Well, the way they've applied their NIL is to focus on team chemistry. They spent all their NIL money keeping players that they wanted to keep this ball season. Is that not the case? I mean, if, yes. if not for NIL money, Rubicoy and Cooper Mays are gone, probably. And Definitely so, yes. Yeah, so I think that was a big focus for them. And it's funny because we talk about chemistry, but when it comes to staff and chemistry, chemistry matters on the staff as well as the players. I, I I hate that Jimmy had to go. I'm sorry about that because I actually wanted to ask him about this, but some stories I had read with the former major saga in 92, it's something you guys just brought up. The staff just, they had a much better relationship with Fulmer than they did majors, didn't they, during that time? Oh, yeah, but you could argue that to a fault. They kept Pat Washington around. He was the receivers coach. And they kept Larry Slade around too long, the defensive backs coach. So I think they both, I think there was a happy medium. I think one was a little right. bit too hard on guys. And I think uh, another was a little bit. Well, I uh, actually meant in 92 when the whole, when the program fell, when the team fell apart, when majors came back, I thought part of that was the staff was really enjoyed working for Fulmer those three weeks and then really hated it when they had to go back and work for majors. No, there's <laughs> there's some truth to that. Kalen posts on here if you trust your defense coordinator, he gets paid to handle defense. Hype should. Let his defense co-handle it and then approve. I'm cool with that, but you've got to have two things. One, you've got to hire the right guy. And Derek is saying Banks is growing on me, Dave. I've liked Tim Banks because I think he does interesting, eclectic things with his defensive front as far as different looks. And I think it's a good fit to create big game-changing plays with the type of offense that Josh Heupel puts out there because you can rush the quarterback. All that being said, you've got to have two things if you're Josh Heupel. Number one, you got to have the confidence to hand it off to somebody. That ain't easy, okay? That's not. Uh, two, you've also got to hire the right guy. So the question, I think, is he has the confidence. I don't think Josh Heupel is lacking for confidence, but is Tim Banks the guy to lead you to a championship? Caleb, can you say that 
with conviction right now that Tim Banks is the defensive coordinator that can lead you to a championship. We'll get uh, Caleb's answer. Also, Eli Drinkwitz calls out Zakai Ziegler and Tennessee basketball. The college football playoff model is out. Does Caleb believe Tim Banks can bring a championship to Knoxville, Tennessee? We'll ask him up next. Stay tuned off the sports. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, I got you. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Somebody said I was getting ripped, like on uh, some YouTube thingy that somebody does out there. I didn't know there was another one besides us. Oh, I just thought they were saying you're ripped, Dave. That I am ripped. Yes, that's what I am. I tried this morning. It was an ugly day. After missing two weeks of moving, because when you get back in the gym, it's pretty ugly. Pretty ugly. I was embarrassed. Uh, Let's share what we got on uh, Hooker's Corner here. First, though, I want to answer your question. Is Tim Banks a coordinator that can bring you a championship before we get to uh, Drinkwitz being a goofball in sidelines? Yeah, in this day and age in football, absolutely. He's a complimentary defensive coordinator. He's exactly what the type of defensive coordinator that Jim McElwain was as an offensive coordinator to Nick Saban. He's much smarter than Jim McElwain. I do not want to make fun of Tim Banks like that. That's a very, very mean thing for me to say. Tim Banks is much smarter. What I mean, though, is Nick Saban in the early days wanted an offensive coordinator that they might move the ball some, but they just weren't going to put the defense in position to lose games. Listen, if you're going to sit here and rip J- Jim McElwain for posing nude with a shark, then you can't expect me just to sit here and listen to stuff like that. <laughs> oh man, I mean, that guy, 
That shark may have needed help. That shark may have had hypothermia. So in some cases, if somebody's suffering from hypothermia, it is best to strip nude and hug them. Now, it's illegal in other places. But well, like, that shark you know what's funny? That's like not even it, the most embarrassing it, thing of Jim McElwain's tenure. It's not, but that shark looked to me to be in trouble. So maybe it's actually humanitarian, Jim McElwain, instead of football coach. And don't just don't be ripping on Jim McElwain. That guy cares about animals. He cares about nude animals that are maybe mammals and maybe not. Sharks a weird mix. I wanted to say their genome because I'm a big animal guy, but they don't really fit in one well. So you just just lay off Jim McElwain, okay? Oh, okay. All right, I'll lay off him. Jim McElwain and Butch Jones going head-to-head for three years was just the most comedy of incompetence and coaching that I think we're never going to be able to witness that hilarity again, guys. I don't think you appreciate that. As for the reports that someone may have been sitting there watching that named Pee Wee Herman, we cannot confirm nor deny that, that he was behind the camera that took a picture of Jim McElwain nude with a shark. We don't know if Paul Rubens was there or not. I thought it might have been Lane Kiffin because that seems like something Lane Kiffin would have done. You know, the shark. A sharky uh, thing? It seems a little yeah. weird. Okay. All right. Here we go. Eli Drinkwitz, the biggest goober in the SEC, according to our poll. Who's the biggest goober in the SEC? Eli Drinkwitz, 55% of the vote. Lane Kiffin, just 9% of the vote. Shane Beamer getting 36% of the vote. Kalen DeBoer, zero. And he just hired a janitor, I think, to lead up his defense. Um, so hey now, It's a master of the custodial arts. Are you stunned at all that we we, we don't have uh, Elaine Kiffin, number one? I will be honest. I'm a little surprised. That's crazy. I think I was a little shocked that Kiffin wouldn't be number one. But, I mean, again, this isn't like Tennessee fans know deep down, even if they hate Lane Kiffin, they know he's a smart guy. They know he's a smart guy. They know his awkwardness is like, Dave, do you know those type of people who, they're awkward, but their awkwardness carries a bit of a swag with it. You know what I'm talking about? That's Lane. Yes, what you just said is Lane. Is that who you're referring to? Yeah, I feel like Lane Kiffin is that. Like, even though they're awkward, it's like they still seem a little smooth with their awkwardness. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's Lane, whereas Eli Drinkwitz thinks he's super cool with his awkwardness. I mean, it's just a different vibe. Like, he thinks he's cool with his awkwardness. Lane knows. He's very self-aware of him being awkward, I think. Yeah, I think he is too, and I think he's okay with that. What about Shane Beamer? Is it just because of that? Shane Beamer's just like Eli Drinkwitz. He thinks he's super cool with his cheesiness. I mean, to me, it's unquestionably – I feel there's a little bit of, of me that feels sorry for Kalen DeBoer at Alabama because I don't think – Yeah, maybe – I look back. We none were... of us did. I mean, this is replacing a legend during NIL and transfer portal period. There's a little bit of me that feels sorry for him. Eli Drinkwitz, though, the talking trash and standing on that stuff, I just I'm, – I'm sorry. I just like Missouri even more. And that's going to be a reoccurring theme for some of you out there. We want to grow our listenership to other fan bases, but I really don't care if Missouri's included in that because your head coach is a gooper. Yeah, he is. He is. I feel bad at this point putting Kalen DeBoer on as you do, though, because, like, looking back, Kalen DeBoer. um had a great career rocking. I mean, you know, we should, maybe we should have put Sark on there. But is that unfair? Is that unfair? You know but I mean? Like – Sark is in the SEC now. Well, we only have four spots. So who are you going to drop? Should we have dropped Kalen DeBoer and put Sark on? 
Uh, let's let's do that. Can we do that now? Is it possible to change the poll answer? Uh, yes, yes, you can do that, and we'll, we'll shift. So our final one before we reset this thing is uh, Lane's doing uh, quite well, and um, so with with Lane currently, where is he sitting? He is sitting at eight uh, percent. Do people just not care about Lane anymore? I don't think I can edit this, by the way. Sorry. Okay, fine. Do people not care about Lane anymore? No, I think I think it's what I said. I think. Well, I don't think the hate is as bad, but I think it's more – I think there's a little bit of a respect for Lane with his confidence. And again, Lane doesn't seem lame. <laughs> I know that's a way – you know, I didn't mean to make it sound so similar, but like Lane doesn't seem corny, okay? And I think that's where kind of the difference is. It's the difference between Flo Rida and Ja Rule. Flo Rida knew he was corny and kind of leaned into it, you know what I mean, with the pop stuff, whereas Ja Rule thought he was actually the new Tupac. He wasn't. Yeah, but he thought he was. So it was more, Ja Rule was easier to make fun of because like he actually thought he was a legit new Tupac, whereas Flo Ride is just very self-aware that, yeah, I'm a pop rapper and I do pop stuff and I want to have fun with it. Okay, the biggest goober in the SEC is Lane, Beamer, Sark, Drinkwitz. Uh, there we go. So I'm going to go ahead and restart that poll so we'll get that out there rolling. So uh, we do want to mention that you can be a John. You can be a member of Hooker's Corner, and that is our Patreon page. Thanks to Sports Treasures. Our friends at Sports Treasures are nice enough to bring that. We'll have another uh, drawing tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry, this is Wednesday. We'll have a drawing on Friday for another prize, and then at the end of the month, March 1st, we'll have a drawing among all of those that are a paid member of Hooker's Corner. We will have a drawing for a mini helmet that is autographed by one Hendon Hooker. So that's uh, pretty cool. And that's thanks to our friends at Sports Treasures, carrying over 5 million Sports Treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia, daily updates. Go to Sports Treasures TN on Facebook. Sports Treasures TN on Facebook. I can feel the excitement for the Hendon Hooker prize getting getting ready to grow. I can, I can feel that happening, Caleb. It's palpable. Can you feel that? Oh, I can absolutely feel it. I can feel the excitement of a autographed hooker helmet on Hooker's Corner. Yes. Provided to one of our Johns. <laughs> I didn't honestly didn't think that Hendon Hooker was another hooker. Honestly, honestly, if there's anybody that, that is the uh, furthest thing from these type of jokes, it's Hendon Hooker. I mean, he's borderline like Tim Tebow, isn't he? With his Christianity, I, I was like, "Would you like to marry my daughter?" When I met him, I was like, "The most." I, I I talked to him and I said, "What do you want to do when you get out of school?" You would think everybody would say, "Play in the NFL, right?" He said, "I just want to coach young men at some level. I don't care." like the most awesome thing I've ever heard. It's so much better than what I had is find a job in broadcasting somewhere. Oh my gosh. This is so funny. It's so funny. You say that because like, you're obviously not this way and I'm not this way. We're not this way guys. None of us are, but like you've seen, you know, that old movie, guess who's coming to dinner, right? I just know that it's got racial overtones about one black family and one white family. Is that correct? Yeah. Sydney 48 is in it. Basically a racist white family's daughter brings home a black man for dinner. Okay. who he ends up dating. If you are part of, if you are a white family that still subscribes to those values, Hendon Hooker would be the type of guy to change your mind if he dated your daughter, wouldn't he? Yes. Like if you're I mean, he would change your mind in a heartbeat because you would think there's nobody else I'd rather have with my daughter than Hooker. 
<laughs> no question. I mean, I've I've been around every. I'm not going to demean any of the quarterbacks that I've covered, but there's nobody that's in higher regard than Hendon Hooker. And I didn't cover Peyton closely, but if you want to say Casey, Ainge, Brent Schaefer, all those guys, of course, I don't want her to, you know, I don't want anybody to be by a baseball bat by Brent Schaefer. So, so that would be bad. So, all right, Hooker's Corner, check it out. Join today. Yeah, I think Brent Schaefer's at the bottom of the list of people you want dating your daughter. Yeah. Unless you're Ed Orgeron, then maybe. All right, where am I going here, Caleb? What are we doing? I'm confused and turn around. Talking a little hoops. <laughs> All right, we're going to get to a little hoops. Tennessee beats Missouri. A sluggish win is what you called it. Why are you so hard on the basketball balls? What do you have against Rick Barnes, Caleb Callahan? Yeah, so Tennessee beat Missouri 72 to 67 Tuesday night. It was a very sluggish performance. For those who don't know, the score was one to nothing with five five minutes into the game. Yes, it was one to nothing Missouri five yes. minutes into the game. I said, and I'll stick with this, by the way. I'm, I'll, I'll actually stick with this. I don't think there's much to worry about with Tennessee's sluggish start from this one because they have. I'll tell you what, let me, don't, don't let me interrupt except just to say this. Let's do it now. It's four downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs, presented by Off the Hook Sports. All right, I know exactly where Caleb's going to go with first down. Cooper, what do people need to do? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Hop in the hot tub with Coop. First down. Coop here. First down. I should be very worried about Tennessee's sluggish win against Missouri. Yay or nay, Caleb? H to the nay. Okay, so... <laughs> that is yes. the most Caucasian thing that's ever been said, but go ahead. <laughs> H to the hey, at least, unlike a certain coach we'll talk about, at least I don't think I'm cool when I say it, okay? At least I know hey. I'm corny. I embrace being <laughs> like Bill from Modern Family. Um, on so, H to the nay. All right, all right. so... They should not worry whatsoever. This is not a big deal that they struggled. By the way, Vegas set the line at 11 and a half. It basically was that until Tennessee called it. They were up by 13 with three minutes to go, and then they called off the dog. So even Vegas thought Tennessee was going to struggle last night. They had just come off a win Saturday night, and Tennessee has a gauntlet ahead. Texas A&M is on this Saturday where they want revenge, and then their final four regular season games are all against ranked teams. There is no way they cared at all about that game. They wanted to get out of it. They were very sluggish to start. And then when they needed to turn it on, Dalton Connect got them some points and Toby Awaka and Jonas Andrew did their thing. Um, I'm changing it. Uh, it's, it's, it's second down. Brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas. Mentioned off the hook sports, save $500. They'll take it off the price of this pool. It's amazing. Cooper Mays here. Second down. Would you pay just to see Dalton Connect play someone um, to 11? You have to pay $10. You go into a gym, you just watch him play. I would watch him play. I would pay $10, and I don't pay for sporting events. I just don't. I pay, last, the last time I paid for a sporting event was Kevin Durant, um, and I went to see him last year uh, play the Hawks. I would, I would pay to see Dalton Connect play. I think he's that good. 
when when they needed him to score some points, what did he do? And I told you he was going to do it a month ago. That was special to watch. Yeah, I agree. I'd pay to see Dalton Connect score in a, in a game to 11, largely because Dalton Connect's like, like Kevin Durant, his one thing is he's not like the one thing he's not the best player on the team at is passing out of a double team. And, you know, he's his court vision is not like where Zakai Ziegler's is, which is fine. Who needs court vision when you're playing one on one, right? Like you're not like there's no point for court vision when you play one on one whatsoever. So I would absolutely pay to see Dalton Connect play anybody in college basketball one on one. I feel like it's possible he could beat anybody. In, I mean, I mean, outside of the seven footers, because you know the seven footers can just back you down the whole time. But like, I'm talking like, are you talking about the NBA or college? In college, like, uh, oh, who Matt uh, Edie at Purdue is that? Isn't that his name? Did I just get his name wrong? It's oh, no, I think you got it right. It's Here's Zachary. the exciting thing, and you mentioned his name. He decided to come back, right? Now, connects Edie? not. The, yes, connects yes. not the perfect comparison. Because there's there's really not a home for a big seven footer in the NBA like there used to be. If your back to, is to the basket and he's more like that, but why couldn't Dalton connect with the the NIL money that Tennessee's going to have? Why can't he stay longer? How much eligibility does he have? I mean, that would be my question. That that guy, you need to pony up the dollars and keep him in there too. And, um, and I, I think you're going to see a, a situation not only with Connect but other players. They're going to stay around not just in football, but in particular the non-revenue sports like baseball and basketball that you're going to see. He really can't come back. This this is his last year. He needs year. to get the he hell out of here then. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, even if he wouldn't, even if he could, Dave, there's no – we talk about this with football. Basketball, if you're a top five pick in basketball, you don't come back. Do you realize how much money NBA players well, make? They are the most taking yeah, care of players. This is his last year. That was my bad. I thought that he would be around a top ten pick in the NBA. So I had him – a little lower than you did. Top, even 10. if you're a top ten pick, you there's no amount of nil money. NBA pays so well. NBA okay, so, players are the most taken care of players in any professional sport. Okay, let's have some quick fun with this. It is stupid. Like guys, like who's the three point shooter for Duke that all he could do is really shoot a three pointer. It wasn't a great JJ player. Redick. Yes, he hung out for a like forever. Do you have any idea how much money he made? Would, would you? What would you put the over under at? I would actually put it at 120 million. Holes. Oh. He blew by that like seven years ago. Oh gosh! It's Look insane. it up. Let's let's play. What did he make? <laughs> here we go. What down, Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here, third down. Okay, so let's turn this into a bit of an NIL discussion. So if you're this, this these are my thoughts. If you are not in the first round in the NFL, you should probably come back to school. Depends on the position, running back. These are generalities. If you are not in the first round of the NBA, you definitely should come back because you don't have a guaranteed contract. If you are not in the top two rounds of the Major League Baseball draft, I would come back. Do you agree or disagree with any of those? I agree with all of those. I agree with all of those. And as, and honestly, with Major League Baseball, with the transition that it's in, I mean, I would consider staying in college three years at this point. Well, you have to stay in college three years in baseball. You either come out of high school, you go to college for three years, don't you? Isn't that the yes. rule? Which yeah. is illegal, so. and that's going to be changed too eventually. You would think. How can you tell a guy that he has to have accept a three year contract? No, to play base. Well, I mean, like they they can say it in the NFL. They can say you can't come into the NFL until you play college for three years. Yeah, I think that's going to be illegal too. I just think the NFL has deeper pockets. I think we're gonna we're entering a. Period. No, I mean, no le- leagues can literally say. I mean, Dave, if you start in this business, you can sit there and say I have a minimum age for someone to come work for my business. No one's going to sue you for that. Like you can honestly say you need to be 21 to come work for me. That's not illegal, is it? 
Is that protected in the in the Civil Rights Act? We need to call T. Scott Jones. But first, uh, before I ask Caleb if Tennessee will be a number one seed, 60 seconds from our good friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas, they bring you four downs. Imagine having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas, their showroom is open in Athens right off the interstate. You can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And then delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well. Dynasty Pools and Spas, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models. It can save you a ton, and no one will ever notice. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. All SEC Center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. Thank you, Coop. Uh, Tennessee has how many regular season games left? Six, did I hear you say, Caleb? Uh, They have five. Five. They have to win X amount to be a number one seed. Four. I think so, too. One, four or five. I don't think yeah, they have yeah. to be perfect. And what's the schedule? Yeah. You have it pulled up. Uh, I actually think I know it off the, off the top of my head because it is uh, Texas A&M, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky. Okay. Well, and, we got home or away. Can you help me with home or away here? Uh, I believe I, I'm going to. I guess I should pull it up now. I was trying to do it off the top of my head, but uh, I believe Texas A&M's at home. They need that's a revenge game for them since they lost to Texas A&M by 16 a couple of weeks ago. Um, Kentucky is at home and Auburn is at home, but Alabama and South Carolina are on the road. They also want revenge on South Carolina. I don't know if they're going to get it because it's on the road and South Carolina is a very good team. The one concern about yesterday's game, I want to point out, you shouldn't be concerned about how it played out because they were going to struggle. You should be con- the reason you should the only thing you should be concerned about because they had to do what they had to do is that. Once again, they couldn't go to their bench to give their starters rest. Now, I don't blame Rick Barnes for that yesterday because he actually needed his starters to, he needed his rotational guys to win the game because they played so sluggish. But you wanted to give your guys a bit of a break again before you went in this, into this gauntlet, didn't you? And you couldn't do it. Yes. Uh, no, I agree. Let's, let's talk more about the game. Eli Drinkwitz was there, and I imagine it was a recruiting event for him as it is when most coaches take their or most coaches go to uh, basketball games at their school he decided to say something to Tennessee's basketball team which is odd for me I covered guys that were at least somewhat stoic like a uh, Philip Fulmer guys that wouldn't just uh, run their mouths this is unusual for me what did he say what did Eli say to Tennessee who just really appears as if he has a real issue with Tennessee for some reason so during a timeout, he was sitting courtside at the game and he was high-fiving Truman, the uh, Missouri mascot. And Tom, SEC Network announcer Tom Hart said he was talking trash to Tennessee's players. And reportedly, with 6.34, with six minutes and 34 seconds remaining in the first half, he yelled after a high-five, he high-fived the Truman mascot and reportedly yelled over to, to the Tennessee huddle, you ain't that tough. And Okay. This is definitely into the gooberish territory. And if you want to vote, we reposted the poll. 
who is the biggest goober in the SEC? Uh, Eli Drinkwitz is winning with 71% of the vote. Beamer, 21%. Lane, 7% of the vote. Uh, Sark, not getting any of the votes. So cheers to that, Steve. Um, but with Eli Drinkwitz, he's past the point of being a goober. But is this serious? I mean, is this something that if you're Missouri or the SEC, you're concerned about that it could go step in the wrong direction be sure to hit that like and subscribe button do that we need that for you um that he could be a little bit unhinged i think okay this is going to be very embarrassing to say from for me to say about him but i i think i think he's going through a midlife crisis <laughs> why is he getting a divorce I... or something I don't know, oh, but this car he is turn he's 30, he turned 40 last year. And I think he's going through a midlife crisis. I think he's well, trying to pretend he connects with young players and young fans. So he wants to act like a student. And look, Tennessee fans are going to hate me for saying this, but I'm going to call it out. When Bruce Pearl was coaching Tennessee in the first few years, right after his divorce, he was going through a midlife crisis. That whole taking your shirt off, painting your chest for the Lady Vols game, that's the most midlife crisis thing I've ever seen someone do, quite honestly. It's kind of cool. You're there for it. It was a midlife crisis move. He was going through a midlife crisis, okay? And he was older than Eli Drinkwitz, but Eli Drinkwitz is absolutely going through a midlife crisis right now. That's what I think this is. Okay, and that's well, where the we stand on business Josh comes from. That's where the talking trash to Tennessee players comes from. He's trying to act like he's one of the cool young college kids that he works with every day. That's all this is about. And yeah, no, Bruce Pearl was exactly the same way at Tennessee in 06 and 07. Okay, so we do have somebody that agrees with me. I wonder if I would just be by myself on this. And that was a Smoky Mountain Red saying that if I was his AD, I would tell him to shut the bleep up. I would too. I mean, this is, he also went on a national show back in 2022 and wasn't even asked. I don't know if you heard that, the Jim Rome interview. He wasn't even asked about Tennessee specifically um, and then just broke into, hey, they're cheating sort of thing. He just seems like he is thirsty for attention for some reason. So that one, that one didn't, it, it didn't annoy me as much as it did other ten- people who are affiliated with Tennessee because it kind of like, I didn't see any difference between that and the joke Spurrier used to say. Against did you actually did you? hear it though? I, did, I, I did. I've forgotten it since then, but like, it just I seemed mean, wedged it is, more so than it seemed egregious. It seemed wedged in there and weird to me. Like, the but how is my stable. question the was guy's like, not stable? Not that, not that the guy's a bad sport. The guy's not stable. But how was that any different from the jab Spurrier always took at other programs? Well, Spurrier just wait around and he'd, he'd sit there and he'd wait. And Caleb's the interviewer here and uh, Caleb's going to ask a question. But it really doesn't matter what Caleb asks because I've already got my answer as Steve Spurrier ready. So he, Caleb says, well, what about that front four Florida State has? And I say, I, I can tell you about the five. Florida State is, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good front four. Yeah, they, it's amazing what you can do when you got a bunch of free shoes. And that's the way you would do it. That's a lot smoother than Jim Rome, time out. I need your entire broadcast to stop, and it's nationwide so I can rip Tennessee. Don't you agree that it was a little smoother? No, because I think I, I think you're missing some time to spur your volunteer at other programs when no one asked. There was a time where Tennessee went six and six under Butch Jones and celebrated going six and six. And Spurrier was asked, Are you disappointed South Carolina went six and six? And he said, no, Tennessee went six and six, and they're doing somersaults over there. 
<laughs> I mean, that that was unnecessary, and no one asked him about about Tennessee, and he okay. just said it. Now, the coolest thing is uh, we haven't even gotten to Sakai's response. Hey, now. Well, that's, no, that's not real. That's not real. That's not real? That's not real. What was Sakai's supposed response? Okay, this is a parody. This is a parody account. Okay, this is a parody account. Uh, a guy named Richard G. West um, had a really funny thing on Twitter yesterday, where he said that uh, he re- he said that Drinkwitz said you throw the ball away like your QB. And ZZ, he says that ZZ, Zakai Ziegler responded, I don't even know who you are, you four-eyed, fat, you know what. But, like, that's that did not happen, guys. That's a joke. Um, I wish you would have said that. By the way, this call-out from Travis, over under two rounds, Dave versus Eli, UFC, money line, Eli plus 100. If you want to give your money away, give it away. But I would whip that like there's no tomorrow. He stands on business, though. He <laughs> stands. <laughs> And lay on his back. On okay, business. so not so in the SEC. Happen. Not in the SEC right now. Who was the lamest, corniest person in the history of the conference? I mean, the it can, it can be Eli Drinkwitz if you want to say he's a. Candidate. I think Lou Holtz. You think Lou Holtz was corny? Yeah, and but he, he did get a national title, and he was so full of it. But I mean, what about he Jackie Sherrill? But he was genuinely a mean person. Lou Holtz was. Oh, I can believe that. I'm going Jackie Sherrill. <laughs> Jackie Sherrill was pretty corny. I remember being at one of my first SEC media days and say, well, I think I call him Coach Sherrill because I was afraid of everybody back then. And I said, uh, probably Jackie. But, well, I got to give you credit for those uh, those boots there. And he goes, you like those? Snakeskin. <laughs> he really wore snakeskin boots to SEC media days. And a full suit, Caleb, he looked like he'd gotten dressed in the dark. Oh, my God. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, but that was, uh, and if you remember, they had Wayne Matkins who looked just like Chris Rock at quarterback. I remember that he played, he led Mississippi State to an SEC title game, which shows you how bad the SEC West, West was during that time. And um, I interviewed him and I said, uh, Hey, I just I wanted to tell you that uh, I, th- I think you're really close to being an elite player. It's just a couple plays here and there. I was just trying to get the interview started. I didn't know that. And he goes, I can tell you've watched me a lot. No, I haven't, Wayne. <laughs> so I got a real wow. That's so funny that I can tell you've watched it's me a, a lot. It's a great oh way gosh. to start an interview. Like you got, you were so close to taking that next step. What's the next? You can use that in Dallas. That's true. Uh, so I got something really well. Also, Jackie Sherrill one time castrated a bull when Mississippi State played Texas as some like synonym for they're going to beat Texas. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to do animal cruelty to make a point? Okay, Jackie. And then he asked. Um, when Memphis played Mississippi State in 2003, you may not know this, but he fired, he scapegoated Joe Lee Dunn for Mississippi State struggles, which by the way, Joe Lee, it wasn't his fault. Dude, dude new defense. And I like, I like Joe Lee. It, yeah. And so Tommy West hired him at Memphis. I like the song and, that Dolly Parton did about him. Joe Lee. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so basically, Tommy West and Jolie, they, they were talking about the Memphis-Mississippi State game, and they were saying, you know, this is kind of a date Jolie Dunn has had circled because, obviously, he was fired by Mississippi State. Mississippi State wins, and Jackie Sherrill tells Tommy West at, at midfield in the handshake, you can tell Jolie I'm glad he circled that date. Who saves that? Like, like I think, I think I'm going over – I think I'm going to Jackie Sherrill now as the lamest person in the history of the SEC. 
I don't know. He was, he was, I thought he was, I watched them from afar. They kind of became my second most followed team because they tried to do it just with junior college players. They were like the early test for NIL is they just tried to do it with junior college players. And they, at one point had 10 junior college starters among 22. And I'm like, okay, that's too far. This isn't going to work out. By the way, what did JJ Reddick made over, make over the course of his career? It was actually like, it was 115 million. But that was close. Whoa, you did great. Uh, JJ Reddick, close. Uh, Jim Don and cussed uh, Fulmer out, uh, according he to. He did? I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Uh, Ron Zook is the worst. Now, that being said, when we talk about Biggest Goober, if we put Butch on this list, that list now includes Sark, Beamer, Drinkwitz, Kippen. Where would Butch be on this list in most, most people's minds, SEC or Tennessee related? Man, Butch versus Drinkwitz. That is, oh gosh, because Butch had the, remember the turnover trash can? Oh, that was awful. And, and then also their the phrase, their phrase just, was that way for the Migos song at that time. Well, and you had the rapper that just showed up on campus that he didn't know who Butch Jones was. Let's be honest. Oh, which one was that? Um, I, I mean, John. he did the, huh? Wasn't Jot Rule? It was another popular one at the time. Well, I mean, he Butch did the. Oh, was it? It was Little John. It was Little John. The Little John whole turn down, third down for what thing? Which yes. I mean, was cool. But like the the worst was that <laughs> there was that there was that Migo song called That Way, and Butch Jones is their slogan in 2017 was That Way. See, you got to go all the way if you're going to do that. I don't want just Little Wayne showing up on practice. I want Kendrick Lamar atop a Tennessee walking horse. Portions of the program brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the fire opals of Tennessee tradition? RickTerryJewelry.com. RickTerryJewelry.com. What do you think about that? Kendrick Lamar on a Tennessee walking horse. You talk about recruits. That would be huge. And if it's about uniforms, you can even throw a black uniform on the Tennessee walking horse. Thoughts? I think that's pretty epic. <laughs> I think that's pretty epic. I mean, I I love Kendrick Lamar. I love Kendrick Lamar. I, I mean, he's one of – I mean, dude has a Pulitzer, one of the top five rappers of all time, in my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, no, I would definitely take uh, Kendrick Lamar. That would be pretty epic, but I, I don't know if he would do it. He's a very quiet dude. Yeah, um, and Tennessee walking horses are abused animals. Um, uh, hang tight. Coming up on the program, we don't want to push Tennessee walking horses anymore. And unless you grew up with that, then fine. We'll just pretend you're not abusing animals. Um, Alabama has now hired a janitor to be their next offensive coordinator, which seems a pretty par for the course. And we have a college football playoff model, and Tennessee is going to be a factor in that. So stay tuned. Evan says that Kendrick is fire. I guess so. Maybe I need to learn. He was actually at the Bonnaroo I was at, and I didn't walk over to go see him. Stay oh, tuned. He's one of the best performers out there. It was a big mistake. Stay tuned. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Jay Booker off the hook sports. What Tennessee needs to do to make a college football playoff this year. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. 
Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Excuse me, Your Honor. Play to win. BanksJones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Derek says, I always said we should come out to bagpipes in the Copperhead Road song. I wouldn't mind that. That'd be pretty cool. And also, the turnover trash can gets a shout out. We're talking about Butch Jones being a goober. That's what I never understood about the turnover trash can. If you get a trash can, you should want to keep the turnover, right? You don't just immediately throw it away. That's what didn't make any sense to me. It didn't. It, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know what was going through his mind when you when he so like. I genuinely don't. You fight so hard to get a turnover, then you just chuck it in the trash can. Uh, I mean, at least Miami had the turnover chain, which was cooler, right? I guess the chain was a little bit cooler. I think anything is cooler than the turnover basket, trash basket. The tennis trash can. You got to yeah. throw. You got to. Got to do a dunk contest into the trash can. I mean, oh my gosh, that was. So we we now have we now have more developments in Tuscaloosa, and believe it or not, I'm getting to the point where I I feel almost sorry for Kalen DeBoer. That's crazy. It's true. So. The latest is that what he has Nick Sheridan, Washington's tight ends coach. He wasn't good enough to coach even quarterbacks or the offensive, uh, the, the entire offensive side of the ball at Washington. But uh, he's going to be a co-offensive coordinator with uh, Washington's PGC. Are we, are we making up titles here as a co-offensive coordinator? Um Sheridan and Shepard, what did the what does the tide get out of them? And how many people have said no, Caleb? My goodness. So yes, this is as we know after Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator he meant to bring, left to take the same position with the Seattle Seahawks. So Nick Sheridan was the tight ends coach 
for Alabama, for Washington under um, Kalen DeBoer. He has never been a coordinator ever in his entire life. Um, Jamarcus Shepard was the Washington passing game coordinator. He was a co-offensive coordinator under Purdue, but that was with Jeff Brom there. And Dave, as you know, that's Jeff Brom's offense. For those who know what Jeff Brom runs, he's now at Louisville. That's his offense. The co-offensive coordinator is basically like when Jim Chaney was Lane Kiffin's offensive coordinator. It's that unimportant of a position if you're under Jeff Brom. And so basically two people who were never offensive coordinators. Now, I will say this in Kalen DeBoer's defense. A strong argument could be made that this was Kalen, that this is Kalen DeBoer's offense. So he doesn't really care who the offensive coordinator is. I don't know how true that is, but you could make that case for Kalen DeBoer. I don't know where I land on this because I would think that coming to the SEC, even if you run an offense, you would want a, a respected offensive mind who has experience in the league to kind of help help you with the natures of the new defenses you'll be facing, right? Yes. So I am not sure where to land with Kalen DeVore and if this is a desperate move or if it's just he wants to run his offense and he needed a couple of guys to get the titles. Well, I think it's clearly a desperate move. It's either desperate in that I'm going to give up what got me here, which is my plan, my offense, or I'm going to hire guys that maybe are not ready to run my offense, but I want to keep it under my philosophy. So I think this is clearly desperation one way or the other. Smoky Mountain Red says, please, sweet baby Jesus, let Bama completely derail next season. I don't know what completely derail is, but would you would you not agree that Kalen DeBoer is not going to be in great shape in three years at Alabama? Caleb, do you agree with that? Yes, and I don't know if it'll be his fault, but he won't be in great shape. Because I think, again, I told you guys, the Alabama boosters are dumber than rocks. And okay. so... Fair enough. All right. uh, so, but does it actually, what we're talking about right now, does it actually affect Alabama's win-loss record this year? Because I think people think this is going to take some time to develop. I don't. I think Alabama is a three or four loss football team this season. So if that's derail. On our message board, if you consider that derailing, get ready because Alabama is about to derail. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because I actually think <laughs> this is going to be kind of funny. I think they're going to have a three or four loss season this year. That's really bad. He's going to get a break because people are going to say that he needs time to build his program. But you want to know what he's going to do after that, Dave? What's that? He's next year. Next year, after four years of his offense installed, actually have a good second year that has everybody believing in him. But then the recruiting issues are going to show because he's not going to get the talent he needs, and it's really going to fall apart in year three and four. You know the irony of this is that in 2022, when we launched offthehooksports.com and this show, I said the two easiest bets to make, and I do not gamble. I won over the weekend. My wife's already cashed it out because she wanted me gambling more. So, um, by the way, we'll tell you more about our new gambling sponsors coming up. But um, the over-under win total, I thought, was the easiest in 2022 for Tennessee and Alabama. Across the board, not just in the SEC and not just because I cover Tennessee. What was it in 2022? Do you remember, Caleb? Uh, I vaguely do because I remember reporting on it before I was with you. Um, But let's – 
I'm I'm trying to okay, let's see. Well, I'll tell you, it was it was eight and a half for Tennessee, ten and a half for Alabama. And I'm gonna tell you what I thought at the Oh, time. it was seven and a half on DraftKings in 2022. Sorry. Eight and a half was the more popular number, but okay. maybe maybe seven and a half was out there. Anyway, point is I thought eight and a half was too low and Tennessee should should go over. Now, here's why I think that uh Tennessee fans should bet over again. Brought to you in part by Don Self. State Farm customer service still matters. State Farm Don Self and his team take customer service seriously. That's right. The greater Chattanooga area. Go to donself.net right down there. Donself.net or call 423-296-2126. So Tennessee's eight and a half. Take the over. Take the over. I don't think there's any question about that. The schedule breaks well for Tennessee. And I know the trip to Oklahoma isn't easy. I get that. Um, but the other one back in 2022, Alabama was a 10 and a half point over under for the season. I thought it was a lock. They would, they would go over. Now it's a lock. They will go under Alabama is not going to win 10 games this season period. End of discussion. I don't care if you add in a bowl game or not. I'm so you don't them. think it's possible they could go like 10 and three or maybe go nine and three back into the playoff, win a playoff game, 10 and three, finish like 10 and four. I don't think so. I, th- I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. I think this is a five-loss Alabama team this year. I think four. Oh, Dave, with yeah. some massive, massive hot takes right here. Five-loss yeah. Alabama team. Yeah, I, I am. I'm not believing how this. Uh, I think there are going to be some Washington guys there. I don't see how this chemistry issue works out. We talked about nil and chemistry, but we never talked about it like this where you've got a different coach that comes in. I mean, it's it's never been a situation. And you look at their at their schedule, uh, you've got Western Kentucky at home, USF at home, at Wisconsin, uh, Georgia at home, at Vanderbilt, South Carolina at home, at Tennessee, Missouri at home. You know, if Goober Eli keeps that thing rolling, who knows? At LSU. Then Mercer, he stands on business. Then Mercer at Oklahoma, and then the Iron Bowl. That, to me, with what Alabama has coming back and coming in via NIL and the coaching issues and who they're going to have to pay to stay, that looks like a five-loss team. And I didn't think you would think that's as strong of a take, but um, go ahead and tell me why. Brought to you in part by Herald Group Security Solutions, leadership experience, specialization, addressing problems through unique Mission-specific mitigation techniques, making your children safer one school at a time. We're in private schools now, want to be in public schools. So why do you think that's a crazy take for somebody to say a five-loss Alabama team? You just read off their schedule, and I can't disagree with you. Okay, let's just talk circle losses for a minute. Georgia, I don't care that it's in Tuscaloosa. Alabama's losing that game 100%, right? They could have that at Nick Saban's backyard. And it, Georgia would still win that game. Yes. At Tennessee and at LSU, I think they'll be underdogs both of those games. Agreed. So that's three. At Oklahoma, Auburn, and at Wisconsin, I think they lose at least one of those and maybe two. Agreed. So 
even by at your that point, they're at five losses. By your rationale, which is slightly positive, more positive than mine, you see a four-loss team, right? Which is not going to be in contention for a playoff. We don't think fours are threes are possible. I yeah, I think the absolute best case scenario for Alabama is nine and three, and that's assuming they run the table on their toss-up games. I think the likeliest scenario is eight and four. Seven and five is possible, and six and six is not completely out of the realm. I'm with you. Um, yeah, that 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 that's absolutely crazy. You you brought up their schedule. I looked at it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Now I have to be consistent. I told you I don't believe in Oklahoma. I think the program's going to fall apart under Brent Venables. I, I, and don't, I don't think either. he's that kind of a coach. And we're on the same page. Yeah. Now. But it yeah. wouldn't surprise me to, for him to get one of those wins where in 10 years you look back on it. Like, How did Oklahoma beat? Alabama. That was oh, they had that Kalen DeBoer guy the first year after Saban. And let's let's be fair about this. The reason for those who are wondering why Alabama's schedule is so brutal, this was before Nick Saban retired. I'm just going to tell you guys this right now. I firmly believe in Dave. You can call me crazy. I think Greg Sinke wanted to punish Nick Saban for nuking the nine game SEC schedule last year. Ooh, I love your conspiracies. So would that carry on to the new Kalen? Well, the schedule was already set before Kalen came along. Okay. That's true. So I think he wanted to punish Nick Saban. Now here was where things kind of clashed. It's if you look at the schedules, it's very clear he has an agenda to make to help Texas have a very good first year in the SEC because their schedule is so easy. And he had an agenda to punish Alabama. But what do you do when they like to punish Alabama? You would rather have them play Texas than Oklahoma. But to help Texas, you don't want them to play Alabama. This is when Nick Saban is there. So he decided, I'll help Texas and not have them play Alabama. So we got to ask on the message board, five losses. I'm, I'm not going to put my name next to five losses, but I'll put it next to four, which maybe is not as newsy. Five would not surprise me, but I'll go ahead and say eight and four regular season, not a possibility for making the playoff, not even in contention, not even in conversation. Would you yeah, go- I, I, I would absolutely go with eight and four regular season. Um, I think that an important regular season is the, I would set the over under for Alabama right now at, if you got to do a half, would you set it at seven and a half or eight and a half, Dave, if you could set it up, uh, I would put it at seven and a half. Well, I I think Vegas would put it in eight and a half if they want to, they want to use I think a Vegas deep. has it higher, but I could be. Yeah. Wrong but if, if they wanted to use my line of thinking, which they're not, I think, I don't think they'd go as low as seven and a half. Me drinker says we have conspiracies. About uh, this, there are no conspiracies with Tennessee. There's not, and there's no conspiracies about Alabama not being as good as a lot of people think. Do you want to know why? Their best players playing for Ohio State, for goodness' sake. I mean, it's been understated how crazy this whole thing has gotten in Alabama. We have reported a new offensive coordinator for them 58 times. I went back and counted. We've done it on the show 58 times. That's how many people they have gone through, Caleb. I don't think people realize. I mean, this makes the Lane Kiffin transition look like nothing. And I covered that. I don't think people realize how big this is. And I'm going to tell you a lesson Dave has learned. I learned as a 13-year-old fan of the sport. Dave learned as a mid-20s guy covering the sport. Dave, do you remember when Steve Spurrier resigned and Ron Zook took over and everybody thought Florida would be fine because they had so much talent that year and they were like number yes, six? Yes, yes. And I hear that from Alabama fans, not just about this year, but the, the coming two or three years. I'm like, no, it's everything's so volatile. Anybody can leave at any time. Yes, and that was before anybody could transfer out. And how much worse did Florida get that first year under Zook? 
That was like you you knew like by week two that wasn't the same program, right? When they got blown out by yes. Miami. Yes, <laughs> and, those are a bunch of goofballs. Yeah, you are in the same situation now with Alabama. Now I don't. I would hope that Kalen DeBoer is a better coach than Ron Zook because if Ron Zook, he might be the worst actual like X's and O's head coach in the history of the SEC. You could you could correct me on that, but um, pretty bad. He's pretty bad. As Smoky Mountain Red said it. I still do not think DeBoer knows what he fully took on when taking that job. I yes, think that that's right. A, I think there's been a moment like in the past couple of nights where he's woke up in the middle of the night and he goes, what the hell did I do? And I think there's going to be another moment when he plays an average opponent, an average SEC opponent like Missouri, and he's going, what the hell did I do? I'm not saying Missouri's going to beat Alabama, but those are your off games. What were your off games when you were at Washington? Stanford, <laughs> Cal, I mean, Stanford, Oregon State. Who pays David Shaw like $10 million to win three games? I mean, that's still the there? Off- I don't think he's still there anymore. He's not anymore, but still, it was it was tough to get out of my mind. That's $3.3 million a win, Caleb. I mean, that's that doesn't just go and away. That's, that, that's Jimbo Fisher money per win. <laughs> it is Jimbo Fisher money um, per win. The, so, like, it, look, it is kind of funny because, yeah, I'm – I think Kalen DeBoer jumped into the job. I, first of all, I'm going to say this. I thought Kalen DeBoer was the best hire, but I didn't think he was a great coach, but I just applauded Alabama for what they did because they didn't look for like the guy that sniffed Nick Saban, like the way they did with Bear Bryant uh, protégés for so long. So I got to give them credit. He doesn't have any. That's the other problem. He doesn't have a protégé to hand it off to because so many of his coaches hate him. What are you talking about? I guess Pruitt would have taken the job, but I know that Fulmer had a plan to hand it to Randy Sanders, and that sounds silly nowadays, but at the time it was a thing. There's he Nick Saban's burned every coaching bridge he can. If he calls up a guy's like, What I'm not gonna do any favors for you. And he's not gonna help Alabama. He's gonna focus on his foundation. He's got his office there. This is this is as big of a absolute cluster you know the word i would like to use as there could possibly be this is bigger than lane kiffin and that's the biggest cluster in sec history to this point this is bigger period that's a fact i mean i kind of might agree with you i didn't want to go here caleb i could tell you that like you could you could just go pack your stuff up and walk out and i can't say anything to you well, that's why, like, when you make a hire, I will say this. When you make a coaching hire nowadays, you have to accept at least a one-year drawback because you're going to lose a lot of players through the transfer portal, right? And yes. so I think Alabama did accept that with Kalen DeBoer. I give them credit. I don't think Kalen DeBoer's restocked the cupboard. The problem with Alabama, again, they don't – they he won't be able to restock the cupboard on the trail in the years to come because the boosters won't pony up the money. It is a delusional booster base. And Dave knows this firsthand because, Dave, you know how delusional – how often did the Tennessee fan base think that because they're Tennessee, they can win 10 games no matter what, and they don't have to do anything special? Yeah, it was the same thing with every coaching hire. It was, well, I think they got a pretty good one considering the position they were in with Derek Dooley. Well, they got a guy like Butch Jones who had some success. I think he can get it done. Well, they got a guy who hires football coaches and Philip Fulmer, and he hired Jeremy Pruitt, so I think they can get it done. Yeah, every fan base says that. But I'm here to tell you, Alabama fans, your program is horrible. And it's about to get worse. Because what happens in the spring signing period when about 
five key players decide they don't like Kalen DeBoer, and that's going to happen, and they cruise on out, and they could be five key players that you have, that there's nothing he can do to replace because it's the spring transfer period. So he could lose them and not replace them. It's going to get worse. Well, Alabama fans, here's what you do. And I'll tell you what they do. It's going to get worse, but this is this is going to happen with any program that changes coaches for the for the foreseeable future, right? Until NIL stables stabilizes. This is going yes. to be the this is yeah. So that's fine because you can they're, they're, sure. they're going to have to make a rule. There's not going to be another Saban, but there's going to be another big name retired that they're going to have to make a rule. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's fine if that happens because you say, okay, he'll be able to stay afloat this first year and then recruit next year. Alabama fans, you're going to get wrecked next year's recruiting class because again. The boosters aren't paying the money they are. They should. So what you should do if you're an Alabama fan, here's what you should do. Look at the five top donors to Alabama, whatever they are. I don't know who the businesses are in Birmingham. Start Sugar's a boycott. I'm sorry? Oh, Sugar's Barbecue. Not a lot of dentists around there. The only barbecue in the history of the world that matters is in Memphis, okay? I only care about Memphis ribs. It's not good anywhere else. Anybody else um, get a lot of dentists around the Tuscaloosa area? Nobody? Oh, that was pretty cool. oh my gosh. Wow, Dave. Okay. So I'll, I, I'm going to go here with this. Did you know why the toothbrush is not called the toothpaste? So you mean not called the teeth brush? You got it. Anyway, go you, you mixed the whole story up. I know the joke, yeah. but it actually applies yeah. to West Virginia more than Alabama. And by the way, it ain't like, you know, Tennessee has its own issues with some of that. Hey, and I'll and, tell you this, Alabama fans that may be on here. If you know who was the coach before Nick Saban, then you're a valid Alabama fan. If you don't, then I got no problem with you. Okay, but you got to tell me my advice for Alabama. Like, got to let me tell my advice to Alabama fans first, which is this. Um, Go down the list of the top five boosters. Look who they are. Boycott their products until they up the money. Seriously, boycott everything they sell. Until they up the money. I I encourage. What if Walmart? I saw a Nico on a Walmart commercial. I mean, I, Walmart's probably not an Alabama booster. I mean, but look, Tennessee, I said for a long time, should never buy should never have bought from Pilot. When I said Jimmy Haslam was running that program into the ground, I was encouraging Tennessee well, fans to that. not buy Pilot. Well, most of the players into Rocky Top Market, so you did well there. And some of them got arrested there. Um, yeah, okay, well, I guess you could go through the booster list and – Oh. refuse to patronize their products because they are they genuinely think players commit to Alabama because they want to play for Alabama. But players don't commit to programs. They about to the Tuscaloosa tooth issue, if you boycott a dentist, then that could just lead to bad dental issues. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb doesn't know where to laugh, bro. I throw his hands up in the air. We got a college football playoff scenario kids i'll remind you the show represented by banks and jones why tennessee should expect to be in the college football playoff pretty much each and every year represented by banks and jones banks and jones well it's because they're tennessee's trial attorney you can play to win with banks and jones because they'll go to trial you've heard of other lawyers they say they'll go to trial and fight for you they won't They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. Why settle? Banks and Jones. 
T. Scott Jones, banksandjones.com. Hey, now. That's crazy. You suck, you jackass. Those are my three judgments. I will lay it down upon thee right now, as Caleb will tell me that we actually have a college football playoff format. Uh, first of all, why did it take so long? Hey, now. Get it right. I'm fine with that. Now, what do you got, Caleb? Tell me about the college football playoff and why I think it's good and why I think it's bad and why I think Alabama is not going to see it for the next decade. The college football playoff, well, the format had already been agreed upon with the top six conference champions and six at-large bids. Then the Big Ten and Pac-12 threw everything for a loop and the Pac-12 dissolved. And the, the college football playoff committee said, we can't have the Pac-2 have an automatic bid. We can't have Washington State, Oregon State, the winner just automatically go to the playoff. Agreed. <laughs> so they decided, let's reconvene, change the format. Now it's 5-7. Because the goal was always to have the major power conference champions all get in, and then one group of five lesser champions so they could go in, get blown out, and shut up about not being included. That's um, crazy. Okay, how many? who are the power five conferences right now? It's now a power four. And okay. it's the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, and Big Twelve. Okay. So there's four. As long as the Pac-12 doesn't get one for having two teams or a promise to add teams later, I'm I'm okay with that part. No, what it is, it's it's the it's the five highest ranked conference champions. So what that means is those four conferences will typically we can all agree always have they will be the four highest ranked conference champions every year, right? Those four conferences. Well, maybe. I mean, I just would like to do it. As well, a well, wait, wait. Stay focused on this part real quick, though. Um. <laughs> I, I, you're going all over, Dave. I'm making you stay focused. Okay. Those will be the top four conference champions, typically. The point is they went five because then they wanted that way the highest conference champion not in one of those conferences will get an automatic bid too. Okay. So that so, way there's one like one lesser conference champion. So like a Boise State that goes undefeated could get wait. It. So Washington can still make it by winning the pack two? If they're the Washington State, if if they're the highest ranked team outside of those top four conference champions, if they're the highest ranked team, not in one of those, if yes, Washington State could theoretically make it, but they have to earn their way in. Wait, so they could be eight and four and win the Pac-12 and make it into the college football playoff? No, because they wouldn't be the highest ranked. They wouldn't be the fifth highest ranked conference champion then. Okay, so they basically get nothing for winning the Pac. True yes, well. it's the highest ranked. So, for instance, an American. Okay, what about? Okay, here's a better example, Dave. Liberty yeah, I'm down with that, by the way. Hey now, Liberty went undefeated last year. They would have probably been the fifth team in. It's the five highest ranked conference champions get automatic bids. If you are one of the five highest ranked teams among conference champions, the five highest ranked conference champions get automatic bids. So, the SEC champion is going to be one of the five highest ranked conference champions. We can agree on that always, right? Yes. So uh, yes. when did the last game um, was Gus? I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of nerves and undefeated season uh, was uh, being nervous, like being Gus Malzahn in church. <laughs> what? I don't even get that. You never heard the prostitute in church. Anyway, he likes prostitutes. Go ahead, Kim. Uh, th- are you sure you're not thinking Hugh Freeze? Hugh Freeze. <laughs> yeah. Be nice right, to Gus Malzahn. Okay. So, <laughs> Sorry, Gus. Yeah, so the, the highest, so basically take all the conference champions, all 10 of them, 
Okay, because there's 10 conferences, nine now, all nine conference champions. The five highest ranked teams among those conference champions get automatic bids. They're in, period. Hey, now. Okay. Well, no. So that, that, that gets one lesser. I, think I would just like, have the top 12 teams. But anyway, go, go ahead. Well, then there's seven at-large teams that get in. So the top seven outside of that get in. So here's the real kicker. Hey, to now. get a top to get a top four seed, this is what I think is stupid, but I think it's kind of funny too. So I want to know where you're going with this. To get a bye, you have to be a conference champion. You have I to win your it. conference. Uh, because of the Notre Dame angle is where you're going to go, right? Yes, Notre Dame can never get a first-round bye because they, they could go undefeated, be number one, and they still would be the number five seed in the college football playoff. Here's why I love that. When you ask somebody that played at Notre Dame that maybe is in the TV biz nowadays and you say, hey, uh, you, uh, what about Notre Dame and being a part of a conference? You know what their response is? And it's very appropriate. You know what it is, Caleb? What? Why? Wow. We've got this big TV contract on our own. Uh, we get all of it. We don't get a percentage. You don't get 20% commission. You get 95% commission by the time you cover your overhead. Why? Why? Now, this could force them into a conference because then you tell them you just went undefeated, which I don't think they'll do. And you're the number one team in the nation, but you're not going to get a bye because you're not in the conference. That's the first thing that I've ever heard that could actually force them into a conference. Well, this depends on how the revenue of the college football playoff is distributed. But here's my question, Dave. Do you think that Notre Dame would want that? Because then they get that extra home game in the first round. So that's just more money for the program. Everything they've always thought of is to just maximize profits for the program itself. About 20 years ago, I decided to take this philosophy that John Calipari uses all the time now. And it's tripping over nickels to get to millions. I didn't make that up. He, he made that up. But as much as I love the fan experience, I used to sell programs. Um, so I could just go to a game and I was like... 14 years old. Um, Nichols is the people that are in the stands. It's the home attendance. The big time is the money. So it is TV money. So Notre Dame better play nice or they're going to find themselves in a bad situation on the outside looking in. I mean, because the college football playoff committee, if they're six, seven or somewhere in there, they could easily make them nine and then they have to travel, right? Yes, they would have to travel dead at nine. So you're saying you're right. So they may, yeah. If they can politic Notre Dame denying, you're saying they're going to politic Notre Dame denying yeah. to make them travel. I mean, <clears throat> that's what I don't like about it is they're God. They decide who's going to be in it. I mean, and and listen, despite what you may think about Florida State, here's the problem I have with college football playoff is they just say this is done, this is happening. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. That's pretty much what they say. No, that's that's true. So. Dave, I think in an attempt to stick it to Notre Dame, though, and I think you and I both agree they're annoying. They think Notre, they think genuinely think God is a Notre Dame fan. I mean, it's it's like it's it's just it's it's embarrassing the way they throw their religion at you so much. I think we're being a little short-sighted though, because do you realize how bad of a format it's going to be to have the top four seeds be from four different conferences the top four teams are all from the sec and the big 10 and so next year so if, if the format that they're having 
were for this year, if they had it this past year, you know who the, you know who the teams that would get the first round by? No, I'm curious. Who would it be? It'd be Michigan, which is fine. Fair. It'd be Texas. It would be Florida State. And it would be Arizona. Arizona. So Arizona gets a home game? Or do they get a bye? No, 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 no. They get they get a bye. They get a bye. So because uh, the top four conference champions get buys. So if like one SEC team is 12 and 0 and another is 11 and 1, that 11 and 1 team has to play the first weekend while some eight and while some nine and three Big 12 champion gets the first round by. That's stupid. Hey, let me ask you this. If you got a team that's between four and five and you know that that team is going to sell the Jesus out of their stadium, like let's say Arizona and Tennessee. Tennessee is going to sell it out. It's going to be a huge, beautiful television event for a home game. Um, but you have Arizona on the flip side, which I've been to Arizona. That has the college town feel of Milwaukee. So do you give it to Tennessee? Do you make them five and make Arizona four because you can have a better TV event for Saturday? Does it actually hurt some of the bigger schools and where they could get seated? Oh, so you're saying they might they want that extra game for Tennessee for the entertainment value. I'd rather have a 330 game in Knoxville with Tennessee hosting anybody in the first round of playoffs than Arizona hosting anybody. Well, here's this is why they were this is why they were they did what they did. Arizona and Tennessee would both have to be conference champions for this to happen. Tennessee would have to be the SEC champion. Arizona would have to be the Big 12 champion. Right, but I'm just saying behind closed doors, you say to yourself, hey, uh, they're right at four and five. They've got similar records. Why don't we make Tennessee the five? They have to play another game. We get better inventory to sell. It's not fair for Tennessee to have to play another game. That wouldn't happen because there would be no way that the SEC team wouldn't clearly be a top four team, the SEC champion. There's no way possible the SEC champion is not a top four team clear cut every year. What if it's a three loss team that wins the SEC championship game, like LSU, two years that, ago? That doesn't happen anymore. That's not going to happen anymore it's just because happened. they didn't win the SEC title. No, 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 no. They they could have gotten in the playoff. They were in play with with potentially three losses, right? Yes, but they would, but it doesn't matter. You have to win your conference to get a top four seed. Right. Okay. So my point is what if Tennessee loses three games during the regular season, wins the sec championship, and then you've got Arizona who went. There's no feasible way. Tennessee's playing for the sec championship. If they lose three games, nobody's ever been one of the top two teams in the sec and lost three games. Okay. Macro. Big picture, what I'm asking you, even though it's unfair to one team, would you take away a bye to make the college football playoff look better by a home game at one of your best member institutions? I would. I would, but it's never going to happen because there's never going to be a situation where it'd be that close. All the major institutions are SEC and Big Ten teams now, and the champion of both of those conferences are going to be the clear-cut top two teams in college football. Okay, well, let's take – I'm talking about the four and five teams. Those so the- you're so okay, but here's the thing: the big, the reason this is happening is the SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and ACC champions are all going to be the top four seeds. Period. End of story. No matter what happens, so there's never going to be a debate on this. You would have to actually have to make the case that like 
the American Athletic Conference champion would be competing with the ACC or Big 12 champion for four and five. There's not a scenario in college football where that's ever going to happen. I just think it's very frustrating. There's a scenario in college football where you could be at Arizona for a college football playoff game. Your first college football play playoff game in a 12 team could be at Arizona. Well, that's okay. Would that happen though? Because again, think of pull back for a second. What they would do at that moment is they would seed the, the sec programs that didn't get the first round by because they're not champions they'd give them the higher seed over in Arizona to make sure the college football playoff game, if Arizona and LSU are both at large bids, there's a thousand percent chance LSU is going to get the higher seed every time because they want the game at LSU. So I don't know the shenanigans that are going to be played, but we've already seen some of them with Alabama being ahead of Tennessee. um, When Tennessee beat Alabama two years ago, I don't know the shenanigans that are going to be played, but they've been played with bowls. They've been played with the college football playoff. I don't think things are going to change. Um, well, the problem is, see, they actually took a lot of politics out of this playoff format because of the way they set it up. But I think taking politics out of it, what you're talking about, politicking, I think that's actually a massive mistake. They're choosing a path of least resistance. Auto bids for four auto bids are stupid. Like for conference champions. I'm sorry, but the Big 12 champion shouldn't get a first-round buy over the number two team in the SEC. Yeah, fair enough. He is uh, Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to talk some um, recruiting, also college basketball. Caleb had a great piece. Don't be overly concerned about the Vols midweek showing this week. Uh, Tennessee's still in great shape. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.